from Dr. Peter Pronovost. You're listening to Micro Moments with Peter. Welcome to another podcast episode of Micro Moments with Peter. Today, we are joined by Dr. Rob Razak. Dr. Razak currently serves as the Clinical Director of Palliative Care at University Hospitals, Clinical Associate Professor at Case Western Reserve University, and an adjunct professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Nursing. He's also the founding program director of the Hospice and Palliative Medicine at UH Cleveland Medical Center and Case Western Reserve University. Dr. Razak's research and clinical interests include development of palliative care delivery systems, palliative medicine education, self-care, mentorship, and novel therapies for symptom management for patients with serious illness. Dr. Zach, we're so grateful to have you with us today to talk about the micro moments that you experience in your line of work and how those moments have potentially shaped and influenced your approach to palliative medicine and self-care tips. We're here to leverage the power of love within and between people to radically transform uh, healthcare. And delighted to have Rob here to discuss this. Rob and I have known each other for decades. We used to work together at Johns Hopkins and now here, and he brings a humanism and a spirituality to his work that in many ways, palliative care, Rob, almost every encounter is a micro moment uh, if we allow ourselves to experience it. And, you know, Rob, I want to go into your work on self-compassion with our care teams, because there's no doubt that suffering is great in healthcare amongst our patients and amongst our caregivers. And uh, many reasons for that. We all have things going on at home with the economy, with COVID. But then we also have burdens at work of, of, you know, high workloads, patients suffering and dying and not often having time to process that. And maybe you can share with us a little bit about how in your work, we're trying to address those needs. And particularly, Rob, about what we're doing for self-compassion and self-care, because what we see is uh, we're really judgmental of ourselves in healthcare. We We are perfectionist often. We, and we, if we fall off a diet, we fall off an exercise regime. We, we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up about the way we deliver clinical care and it's augments our suffering. And I think if we could tap into some of the compassion work that you're doing, it could uh, make us both more joyful and more effective. So please share, Rob. Sure. So um, I think some of this work started back when I was at Cedar sinai out in California. So it's sunny California. We'd have our meetings. I'd have my meetings in some basement. Uh, it was dark, and I, and I said, why are we meeting here? Why can't we meet in the park that's like a block away? And it's beautiful and sunny. So that's where I had my team meetings there, and it made such a huge difference the walk together, the conversation, sitting down, checking in with ourselves, see, sharing with our team how, we, how we're doing, you know, what, what's, been, what's been wonderful, what's been challenging. And then we start our meeting. And that made such a huge difference in terms of feeling like we're a part of our team. Um, and then as, we, as I got to see more and more patients in palliative care, both at, at Cedars and Hopkins, and, and then here, recognize, wow, these are hard conversations. Everyone's struggling, uh, especially you know, with COVID, with a lot of the uh, dynamics within institutions right now, financially, all these, there's so many burdens. And so uh, one thing that really popped out uh, to me was back in 
uh, December, it was around around Christmas on in 2020, where in the you know we're nose deep in the in the pandemic, and I, I was in the COVID ICU and I saw some before I see patients, I talk to nurses and I ask them, how are you doing? And one one of the nurses is, oh my God, I'm just hanging on by a thread. And so it alerted me and I said, well, let's let's talk about that, right? And she was really shocked that I actually you know, explored more. And uh, so we talked things through, talked about the patient, went to see the patient, came back, talked talk to her again, um, and, and then the team. And then afterwards, went to see another patient in the COVID ICU, and I asked the nurse, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and I had a very similar response to say, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm just hanging on by a thread. And so what, what I did is got to speak to the nurse manager to say, people are struggling, could we have... Do we have a process for us to reflect on what's what's really happening here? And so over the next couple of days, we actually had an hour plus session in the middle of the ICU where we just talked things through about, you know, mother, a woman who was pregnant, who um, had COVID and then lost the baby, right? Um, and, and, and some of this was related to their own health situation. Some of this was related to, oh, yeah, yeah, I've not. You know, I'm pregnant right now, and this could be me. So there's so many relational things that, and some things we've seen ourselves with patients, as as well as uh, amongst colleagues, that we really need to like, take a pause and say, "Wow, we really need to acknowledge this. This is really hard." And creating an environment of love, as as you talk about, uh, of understanding, of compassion, where we see each other. And we actually hear each other and hear each other's stories. I think it makes such a huge difference uh, in in care delivery as well as the way we perceive ourselves and our experiences. Well, Rob, you so many words of wisdom in there. Let me just unpack a couple. You know, the first about connecting to nature. You know, when we think about love as the energy that uplifts and connects not just people, but in, in my view, everything in the world. Right? The, you know, animals, trees, plants. And and the energy you drew out from that, I mean, I can almost feel it as you were talking about it. And I think we all experience in that. So, you know, a great point of self-care is getting out into nature. That Your other point, Rob, that I want to expand upon is, you know, so many of us suffer in silence, right? And whether it's we feel shame because we're suffering, because we've all been groomed to be superheroes, right? I mean, as our, you know, you're training I don't need to pee, sleep, or eat, or you have any friends, right? I just work. And somehow, like, that's good for patients. And so creating that space where it's safe to say, I'm suffering right now, and then being to our colleagues to say, and I'm here for you, right? And I'm here to be with you, to relieve your burden to the extent is just so powerful and so simple. Maybe Talk, Rob, about some of the ways that you do that, because I think you've been so highly effective of creating that safe feeling that people are willing to be vulnerable. And, and like for those nurses to share with you, it demonstrates this, you know, a non-judgmental, I would think, approach to say, oh, yeah. you can tell me whatever you want to say, um, you will be, in, in my view, kind of unconditional love. It's one of the, the powers of this agape concept of love is that it doesn't judge. It's just accepts. Yes, and, and you know, there's uh, a Brene Brown book, uh, Rising Strong. I'm not sure if you've read it. It's I have, one of my yes. favorite books. 
and she talks about that experience with her uh, with her friend's sisters, uh, where one was really struggling, um, and and that that actually taught me a lot in terms of how I communicate with my colleagues, because uh, before I used to judge the heck out of them, <laughs> I was angry uh, for like decisions that they made or uh, the way uh, they sort of what, what I saw as forcing our my patient into or our our shared patient into something. And then after hearing and reading that, I, I said, wow, wow, um, I'm wondering if, you know, my colleague is suffering. Um, and so after that experience, uh, this actually happened at Hopkins. Uh, you know, we had a world-renowned um, lymphoma doc who, who um, consulted, consulted us on a patient, and, he, and I see him. He sees me for the first time, and he says, oh, who are you? He said, hi, I'm Rob. Nice to meet you. I'm one of the palliative care docs. He's like, and, he, and his response was, oh, that's why I don't know you. And he turned around. And my immediate response could have, my normal response would have been like, well, you, you didn't have to like, you didn't have to be disrespectful or, or respond that way. Instead, I said, well, this is a perfect opportunity to get to know me. And he immediately turned around and started having a conversation. Uh, and it changed our interaction because uh, it was one of non-judgment uh, and then as I saw him interact with that patient's family, saw that, wow, he really cares. And we see this all the time in our interactions with, in the, especially in the ICUs, but all throughout the hospital. Like people really care. But I think part of this is recognizing that the care, some people see death as failure, right? And so they're beating themselves over the loss of patients who would have died naturally or who are going to die regardless um, of what we do. It's a matter of maybe changing the trajectory of the some of the suffering depending on who we're caring for and what their wishes are. And so recognizing, wow, there is so much humanism in my colleagues, and I'm actually here to witness some of that and be able to talk through some of that and also give love um, so that the interaction is much more you know, Rob, in, in listening to you, Plato has this beautiful quote that says, be kind to others, for they have a battle going on. You know, and, and I, you know, will never forget an experience with, you know, some uh, patient in the ICU, and, you know, they were angry, and, the, you know, their kids were acting out, and, you know, the uh, guy's spouse was was in the ICU and you know and he was obnoxious and he was really hard to deal with right and he said okay we can't act this way and you know why are your kids all running around and he's like you know I got fired from my job because I've been caring for my wife I you know I I, I can't be here I don't know how I'm going to afford this I don't know who's going to take care of my kids and my life is falling apart right and it was just like nobody saw that suffering, they saw, a, you know, a, a, a person who's angry. Um, Rob, the only thing I wanted to go in with you is, and I know we've talked about this before, there's this beautiful concept that emotions or feelings are contagious, that if we treat people like jerks, others treat people like jerks. I mean, we've all worked with people like that, who somebody could really poison a whole team and, and it goes deep, even though it might just be one person, but you put a person who lives love and it spreads, right? And it's, it's an infectious. And, you know, I think some of your stories about how 
one nurse and another, and then having a group discussion are an example of that we could all spread love. And, and I would argue that we have a responsibility uh, because of our common humanity uh, to have empathy and to spread that understanding uh, whenever we, we can. So we both have our suffering relieved, but we'll also contribute to relieving other suffering. Uh, some reactions to that. Yeah, I think you're 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 right on point. And I think the other thing is like organizations need to be able to like support that. Right? So there's like so many so many pieces to this, but I think we certainly need to uh, be able to have the right environment so that these things can happen. And certainly, it can some of that can start with with the love that we give, and but also allow others to um, be able to be in that same space to give people the opportunity. Because um, some people may, may say, I'm too busy, I have so much to do. Um, and so if, if, you're, if you're able to create an environment where people are free to come in and join some of these conversations where they're established, um, I think those things can be helpful. So right now in our medical intensive care unit, we have something called the mortality rounds. Um, it, was, it was a project that was run by one of our pulmonary critical care fellows, um, Catherine Brunig, uh, myself, and one of the critical care attendings of pulmonary care, uh, Dr. Mata. Um, and what we do is we go over the list of patients in the past two weeks that have died in the, in the MICU. Uh, we, we read their names, have a moment of silence, and then we share stories about them. Some of them are funny, some of them are, are very touching, some of that is one of where there's celebration where we have weddings in the ICU and so on and so forth. Um, and they can really be um, uniting. They can, and it helps. One thing we've seen is it really helps people process and they feel like a team too. It brings people together. Uh, and people, you know, the, the concept of recognizing that we don't need to do this in silence. Uh, many of us may be feeling the same thing. I think that's something that really jumps out during those meetings. I think another key concept that uh, us as healthcare professionals should understand is recognize when we can't do the work that we need to do, where you know, if you've just seen a, a patient and that was really struggling and you've personalized it or you've witnessed it, taking some time for yourself, whether it's a minute, several minutes, to take a deep breath, to walk away, to cry, to uh, just appreciate them uh, can make a big difference uh, for the rest of the patients that you take care of. Because one thing, the way I see this is we we constantly add 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 weight to our shoulders, and I think uh, these little micro moments of self compassion uh, can offer opportunities for us to uh, let some of the weight off our shoulders, that we don't have to carry as much baggage as we care yeah. for the patient right after. Yeah, Rob, that's a really important point, and we rarely do that, and we often don't allow even just five or a minute of cross coverage. But you know, not only does it help self compassion, Rob, I mean, we're impaired at that moment. I mean, we're not giving good care to the next patient because your brain's not thinking right. So, really, really key point, and I hope all of our listeners uh, put some self care practices into their their own daily life. Yeah, and and one quick practice that I recommend to people is just putting their hand on their heart and taking calm, comfortable breaths for about a minute. 
And as they do that, just think about things that they're grateful for. And, and just taking a minute to do something like that can make a huge difference in terms of their availability to, uh, uh, to sort of see other things that they may not have otherwise seen because they're so distracted. Wow, Rob, that's a beautiful practice that both honors the life of the person and our connection to them, and then also probably heals. You know, Rob, interesting in your point about speaking it, you know, uh, I, I think I, again, may have shared this with you. When I um, walk into a patient's room to try to empathize, I will almost always open or pause for a second and say, just like me, the person is a father, is scared, is hungry, like, whatever it is, but to try to get that human, human connection. And it was interesting. I, I, I did that my, just in silence. But then I started saying, you know, to your point about telling stories about them on rounds, rather than saying, this is Mrs. Jones with heart failure, like pushing people to say, no, no, like humanize them, like connect with them, tell me something about their life, right? Mrs. Jones is a grandmother of three and is really excited to get to her grandmother's or granddaughter's birthday party, right? Okay, like, so team, that's what we're working towards. And, and I think the, you know, I see, uh, the joy in people's faces when they're connecting, right? Because this law, this love is this, it's a powerful energy, perhaps the most potent energy. And the more we can tap into it, we're going to give better care and better self-care. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's a very important question about asking people like what brings them joy? Uh, I, think, I think it's the most important question in healthcare to ask um, and then figuring out ways to provide opportunities to create that. It's beautiful. Well, Rob, it's been a delight for us to do this together as always. And we thank you for all you do for our patients and, and our caregivers and uh, keep spreading and infecting the love where you go. Uh, thanks for joining again. I'm Peter Pranovost, and we are leveraging the power of love within and between people to radically transform healthcare. Thanks and have a great day. Mm -hmm.